Hi, and welcome to the Audacious Health Podcast, where we dive into the wholehearted and imperfect cultivation of our own well-being and the health of our communities. No quick fixes, no shortcuts, just honest conversations to challenge and inspire you to maximize your potential right where you are. I'm your host, Chauncey Carroll, and today I'm super excited to introduce you to my friend Ryan Parr. Ryan is a father, husband, and strength coach. He started lifting weights at age 14 and has competed in powerlifting, strongman, CrossFit, and endurance sports. Ryan is the founder of the brand Barebone Strength and nonprofit Sons of Adam, an organization which teaches teenagers how to lift weights. He's passionate about instilling confidence and a lifelong passion for lifting in his clients. Welcome, Ryan, to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks. You make me sound so important. (laughs) (laughs) You are doing some awesome stuff. I can't wait to dive into it. Um, But maybe first, just tell us a little bit about your fitness background and your own fitness journey. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to think it started when I was just shy of five years old. My parents put me into Taekwondo. Because I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. Um, That really kicked things off for me. That started a lifelong passion for just being fit. That route took me through uh, first degree black belt at 10, second degree at 14, started teaching at 14, and third degree at 17. And then from age 17 to 22, I pretty much ran that school. Um, Simultaneously, if we go back to 14 years old, that's when I played high school football and really got into lifting, you know, which at 14 years old, everybody just wants big arms and a big chest. So a whole (laughs) lot of like... 21s and bicep curls is really all we did. But um, that really kind of set the stage for me. And then it also gave me a passion for teaching others because mm-hmm. I think since I was working with young kids from age like four to 10, I really had a no fear of standing in front of the crowd, right? Because I just always remember doing it. You know, sure. you're belt testing through taekwondos in front of everybody and then running the school, essentially, you know, teaching kids and running classes, interacting with parents kind of set the stage for coaching later on in life. Yeah, And then um, I went away to school and did the typical thing where everybody kind of parties and, and I didn't really get serious again about lifting until probably my early 20s, you know, after I was told that I had too much fun in college and asked, <laughs> you know, not to come back anymore and kind of meandered a bit and got into essentially this this loop where I was always very smart in school and I had a free ride to college and I kind of squandered because I never had to work hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. kind of came naturally, which was a burden because I never learned that. I never faced that adversity mm-hmm. until I got asked not to come back to college and started working manual labor jobs and started working these jobs for disaster restoration way out in the middle of nowhere. We had to bring our own food. And we started to realize that not eating McDonald's and not eating pizza, we started to realize we were getting these changes. We felt better. And I went headfirst into fitness and a complete life changing. I started lifting heavy. I got into powerlifting. I read everything I could get my hands on. T Nation articles, Breaking Muscle, every men's health mag, everything. Well before Instagram and all this stuff was even out there. I was yeah. just diving into all these old forums and stuff. And then, gosh, fast forward from there, I got into Strongman. Now, this is one of my favorite stories, and I tell this all the time. <laughs> and um, me and my friend Nate, uh, I grew up with this guy, and him and I were in a band together. We toured, and, and we used to train in his garage, and we used to call it caveman training. Nice. And we didn't know what we were doing, but we had a, a chunk of log that we would squat and throw as far as we could across the yard. <laughs> uh, we dug an old tire out of the field from his parents' house, and we'd flip it, hit it with sledgehammers. And then uh, one of us would carry his winter tires, like on the rims, you know, one in each hand, oh, yeah. kind of awkward to carry, uh-huh. to the end of the driveway and back. 
Well, the other person waited. They had to hold on to this ladder with their legs up, essentially oh an L-sit. And we started inventing these partner workouts, and it was super fun. Yeah. Enter CrossFit, probably mm-hmm. 2012. Mm-hmm. And I was big into lifting. I was powerlifting at a local gym. I was doing this caveman training. And uh, I saw an advertisement for local CrossFit, and they were flipping a tire. And I was like, hey, that's, that's me. So mm-hmm. let's go. So I signed up there, drank the Kool-Aid hard on that one. <laughs> I was a janitor at the time and realized that... Uh, I, A, couldn't afford the membership, mm. living on my own and doing all that. So I decided to get a job there. And I went back to school as an adult in my mid-20s for exercise physiology for bachelor's program. Oh, cool. And then ended up uh, doing a bunch of certifications for CrossFit, CrossFit Strongman. Um, ended up having the opportunity to go to Rhode Island and work with Rob Orlando and help him run some CrossFit Strongman seminars. Like seminars. Wow, style. yeah. It was super fun. And that kind of brought it, everything together. See, CrossFit Strongman had this principle where it's not strongman training, but it's also not CrossFit. It was taking odd objects and heavy things and putting them in high intensity because mm-hmm. you can teach somebody how to flip a tire in mm-hmm. 20 minutes mm-hmm. and elicit the same amount of intensity that a power clean would. Sure. But it might take me six months to teach you mm-hmm. the correct form to get mm-hmm. that level of intensity. Sure. So that kind of tied it all in. Gosh, where did I go from there? I, I worked for the gym for a long time. I was what you would call an intrapreneur. So John, that owned CrossFit Mohawk Valley, was great about letting me basically fostering these ideas in myself. Mm. So when I met my wife, that first summer we were dating, we were in the backyard, just laying in the grass, a couple cups of coffee, and I was, we had this whole notebook, I wish I still had it, of all these names and ideas mm. of what I wanted to run as a business. And we finally had a big circle that was bare bone strength, bare yeah. like the animal. And uh, I, I'm not, still not quite sure what we settled on. I'm glad we did. I like it. It's been my brand yeah. for about eight, nine years now. But um, that allowed me to start running my own business out of the gym. So that's when I started running what I called like alpha athlete summer camps. And <laughs> I thought all these athletes were going to come to me. I got like three kids, yeah. you know, that first year. <laughs> uh-huh. But it panned out because I stuck with it. And we eventually got to the point where I had 15 to 17 kids coming three times a week. And I thought I wanted the athletes. Everybody wants the athletes. They want to work with these like hard chargers, top-notch athletes. Sure. But I didn't get them. What I got were the kids that they needed something and their parents realized they needed something. So they sent them to me to learn how to lift. Mm-hmm. And then we started having conversations around like what was going on in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did they need? What was their home life? What were they eating? We started to become more of a mentor. I'll tell the story of Asa. So Asa, this kid, phenomenal. I'm still in touch with him to this day. Okay. And uh, he came to me at, I think, 14 years old. And over a year and a half, I watched him gain probably 30 pounds of lean, yeah. super lean. This kid did everything. And he turned his life around. Mm. A combination of lifting, mm-hmm. um, his mentor, his father at the time was helping with ton, you know, get out of like summer school and things like that and possible juvie situation to where he put on so much muscle and excelled so much that his football coach asked him what was happening and <laughs> brought him back to me. And that's how I started working in high schools because okay. of him. So I was strength coach for the football team and it just kind of, it took off from there wanting to work with teens. That's super cool. I love the twists and turns of your story (laughs) and that's super fun. And I mean, I know that everyone listening cannot see Ryan right now, but Ryan is one of the most fit, jacked people that you'll ever come across. And also one of the nicest dudes ever too. It's all angles, right? We just got (laughs) to buy small shirts and start at the right (laughs) angle. Yeah. Yes. You, I feel like you kind of have a unique fitness outlook, uh, maybe then different than just like the regular personal trainer kind of person, which I really appreciate. How would you describe like your fitness philosophy? The basics, 100% the basics. 
and they always work. Like I've been lifting for over 20 years now and I can get a great workout out of push-ups, pull-ups. As a matter of fact, I did this the other day. I had 20 minutes in between because we have a small child and yep. an older child and you know, it's mm-hmm. you got to fit it in where you can. Mm-hmm. And I sprinted to the playground down the street and I did push-ups and dips and pull-ups on the playground until I couldn't and then I sprinted home. And that still works. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is coming from, I've competed on the national level for strongman and I've hit Great numbers, I would think, but push-ups and pull-ups still work. Mm. So my philosophy is the fancier you get, the more gimmicky you get, mm. the less effective it becomes. And I like to have people kind of take note of who some of the, the fittest, most powerful, biggest athletes are. Mm. I like to think of like a linebacker. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, And that's who I've always wanted to train like. And I'd like to think at six foot tall, 225 pounds, like I'm, I'm kind of like a linebacker. Mm. But that's – they're fast. They're agile. They're athletic and they're powerful and they're strong. And if you look at how they train, they squat, they deadlift, they bench, they push up, they pull up, they sprint, they power clean. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else. Nothing too crazy. That's it. Mm -hmm. And you just do the same things over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And then you're just smart about your linear progressions. Mm -hmm. You don't get too caught up into, and anybody that's read any of my stuff will know that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I write programs, but I'm not huge on the idea of like, Today it has to be a 3RM or 76.2% for three sets of two. Mm. Because over the long term, none of that matters. And I actually wrote an ebook. It's called The Bare Bones Method. And it kind of details this idea where yeah. it's it's how to program for yourself to never have to follow a program again. Mm. And essentially, if I had to write a blurb on that, it would be just every week, make sure you squat, make sure you press, make sure you pull, make sure you do something athletic. Mm-hmm. That's it. And as long as you're doing those things... Maybe you're not going to like peak for a, a certain competition, mm-hmm. but over the course of 10 years, you're going to be a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, we're talking we're talking lifelong fitness here, and I think we do complicate things way too much. And mm-hmm. yeah, go into the gym and look at all of our tables and get too complicated and yeah. overthink things when, mm-hmm. yeah, like can you squat? That's very functional fitness. Sure. For some people, like they're going to train for a certain event and they need to follow a specific program. But for 90% of the population, if not more, we just need to do the basics. Mm-hmm. We just need to move our bodies. And I think people lose sight of it. Mm-hmm. I think that people know that they should do the basics and then maybe they don't know what to do, and which mm-hmm. is fine, right? And so you find a, a coach or a trainer or a class. Mm-hmm. And this is where CrossFit has been phenomenal, especially back in 2012 when I started. It really wasn't super technical, mm-hmm. right? Nobody invented the devil's press yet, we'll say, <laughs> right? So it was really like a whole lot of Russian kettlebell swings, box jumps, tire flips, sprints, and like squats and deadlifts mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, it was very much GPP, like it was mm-hmm. developed to be. And now it's become its own sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I think CrossFit's a phenomenal place for people to go and live. Mm-hmm. So is like the powerlifting community. Mm-hmm. So is obstacle course racing or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But I think people need to keep their their finger on the pulse of why they started Mm -hmm. because i think it's too easy to get into let's say a crossfit gym for example Mm -hmm. to go there and then maybe you're like i just want to get a little fitter a little stronger and Mm -hmm. feel better whatever it might Mm be and then six months later you're super concerned with spending an hour and a half on a saturday with your foot placement in the split jerk Mm -hmm. but your 43 year old mom of four kids and six months ago they didn't matter at all to you (laughs) but you're still not quite to your fitness goals like is that a big return on investment sure versus keep your finger on the pulse. Mm. What do you want out of it? And what do you Mm. need to do to get there? Mm -hmm. And I very much dislike labels. Mm. So that's why I always say like, I've competed in these, but Mm. I'm not a CrossFit or a powerlifter, a strongman, Mm. any of those. I just do those things. They're all a means to an end. Yeah. 
um, coming back like full circle, I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle, right? <laughs> I also wanted to be He-Man. I also wanted to be G.I. Joe, like four, five, six, seven-year-old kid, right? You've got action mm-hmm. figures. I wanted to be these guys. And everything that I do, my training shifts and morphs from like every six months, it'll be something different I'm on to. But over the long term, it's all trying to get me closer and closer to me being my, what I viewed as these action figures. Yeah. They've all got to serve that end goal. Yeah. No, I think a light bulb moment happened for me too when it's like your body doesn't know the difference. Like it doesn't call or label cardio as cardio or mm-hmm. lifting as lifting. It's like your your body's just trying to live life and survive. And so it's like, oh, okay, my clean got my heart rate up. Like, did I do cardio today? And like, doesn't matter. Like you're moving your body or mm-hmm. flipping a tire. Like doesn't matter whether that was like strength or cardio. It's like it's both. It's just living life. Yeah. Like that's... Why are we making these mm-hmm. categories when there are none, actually? Yeah. And I'm glad the categories are there because sure. they allow people to find something that's fun. Yeah, that they enjoy. absolutely. Now, what I do isn't for everybody. Not everybody wants to get super, super strong and back squat a ton of weight and push a sled and throw sandbags over their shoulders. <laughs> for me, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's caveman training, right? It's it's savage. It's like I just get to like manhandle big weights and feel athletic. And I love it. And that's who I tailor to. I spent a season in endurance sports. I lost a ton of weight to get into it, or probably 20 or 30 pounds lighter than I am now. Mm -hmm. But during that season, it was long duration endurance, training for a 50K trail run, 100-mile bike rides, things like that. And to some people, that's fun. Yeah, It was fun for me in that time, and that's where they want to go. And if people are still there, what I do is not for them. Mm -hmm. Would I love to see them back squat some weight? Do I think it would make them a better cyclist? Sure. But you can't sell something to somebody that they don't want to buy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I use that literally and metaphorically. Yeah. You know, both the idea. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's like, yeah, it should be something fun. And Mm -hmm. thankfully there are so many different activities, especially in Colorado, things that we can do and try. So yeah, if you're not a CrossFit person, you don't have to be a CrossFit person. Mm -hmm. If you're not an endurance person, you don't have to be an endurance person. Like there's so much, so many options out there. Yeah. You mentioned being a dad and mm-hmm. some of the fitness that you've kind of thrown in there, sprinkled in there between taking care of kids or fitting that into your life. What has that exercise routine looked like after adding you have two kids now? Well, let's start with the first one. When we had her, you know, we uh, my oldest is about to be seven. And wow. yeah, she's getting big. I feel like six to seven, they turn into almost like a big kid. I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> also because she's a big sister and she yeah. does a great job with her little sister. Mm-hmm. But um, with her, it was, we had all this free time. Like You don't realize how much free time you have until you have a kid and then you have to mm-hmm. figure out where to find that free time. Right. But um, I, I would say the first like three to six months, it was just, we would take turns. My wife would go out and do a hundred burpees in the backyard and then I would go out and do a hundred burpees in the backyard and that might be it for the day. Mm-hmm. Right. We would just... Whatever you can fit in, you do. Mm-hmm. But another really important thing happened then when we had her. Um, I turned 30 the same year we had her. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I put myself on a 10-year plan to be the fittest dad. So everything mm-hmm. that I do has to serve me being a better father. You know, I was looking ahead, like 30 is not super young. And I was thinking like, okay, so I'm, she's going to be 10 when I'm 40. She's going to be 15 when I'm 45. So I'm like, okay, what does that look like? And I started looking at other 45-year-olds and realized, who do I want to be when I'm 45? And I want to be fit, strong, capable. I want her to be in high school to be like, dad, let's, let's go hike a mountain and be like, I'll race you. You know what I mean? I want <laughs> yeah. to be that dad. So everything has to, like, again, come back through that filter. I'm on a 10-year plan. Having kids change that perspective mm. entirely. Mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, I worked for another gym and this isn't so much as far as like fitness, but it pertains to, you know, kids mm-hmm. and life goals. I, I think, you know, also we lost a son mm-hmm. uh, a little over a year ago yeah. um, at 37 weeks. He was still born. And yeah. that um, completely changed my, I'll say the spacing of my priorities, mm. right? So my priorities have always been God is first in my mm-hmm. faith. And then my family is second. And then my health is third and my mm. fitness, right? And then my career is last. Mm. The distance between family and everything else became astronomical when mm. we lost him. Mm-hmm. And it just put so much perspective on, you know, how we were living our life, the time I was going to spend with my kids. And so that really is what started pushing me to, I was operations manager for an EMS company at the time. Mm-hmm. And it, thank the Lord put me there because mm-hmm. it gave us the financial means to be where we needed to be. Mm-hmm. My wife was pregnant, mm-hmm. but it took all my time. Mm-hmm. So having kids also put me in a perspective where I was like, I, I need to work for myself. Mm-hmm. I need to show my kids that family is important to me, that I'm, I can't tell them that they can chase their dreams mm-hmm. and have them turn around and be like, well, why didn't you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can't tell them you can do anything and pursue anything and then be an overweight 45 year old dad. It's impossible because your kids don't listen to you. They just do what you do. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's really the big distinction. It's you can say whatever you want, read any parenting book, really it comes down to what kind of person are you? How do I treat my wife? How do I treat my kids? And how do I treat myself? Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to learn from. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think I've been privileged to watch you and Brittany in, over the last couple of years and heartbreaking to watch you guys go through that. But it is a, a true testament of just the core foundation that you guys have set yourself up on and being able to move forward step by step and and give God glory too for that because that mm-hmm. it's amazing to watch and witness you know the journey that you guys are are still on I know that's it's like yeah. not gonna just all of a sudden be snap your fingers and everything's all cool and dandy right but that you are bringing a new perspective into this next chapter mm. of your life it's wild because now we have Brita she's yeah. a couple months old and mm-hmm. we are so grateful for her. Mm-hmm. And what a different experience it is with her after losing him. Mm. But it's also kind of like, gosh, we, we wouldn't have her if yeah. we hadn't lost him. Brittany got pregnant four months after we lost him with her. Mm. We, we knew that God had it on our hearts to have more children. Yeah. And we're so blessed that we have her. But we wouldn't if we hadn't lost him. So it's this constant, constant conversation, still constant many tears, still yeah. you know, just keeping him in the front. You know, right. always. Yeah. You know. What would you say for encouragement for like a parent that feels kind of stuck and not sure how to get back into some kind of fitness routine? Um, your kids are watching. Hmm. Every Everything matters, right? That's the mm-hmm. first thing I would say. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and keep it as simple as possible, right? And I can't tell you how many times I've done 100 burpees while making breakfast, <laughs> right? My kid was right there and That's she's awesome. watching me do it and it's... Like I said before, they're going to do whatever you do. Mm. And the more obstacles you put between you and whatever you're trying to hit, this goes for any goal. Mm. The more obstacles between you and that goal, the harder it is to get. Mm. This comes straight from marketing also. If I want to sell you something, the more steps you got to go through to buy that from me, mm-hmm. you're probably each step you're less and less likely to click buy. <laughs> sure. But Amazon's got it figured out. One click and it shows up at your door in two hours, mm-hmm. right? It's simple. So you got to do that with fitness for yourself. You got to say, okay, maybe I want to lift heavy. I want to do this. I want to go to the gym, but maybe that's not accessible for you right now. 
maybe your kid is like ours, three, four months old, mm -hmm. and we're at home. And maybe you don't have any equipment, but you've got a backyard. Beautiful thing about burpees is you don't even have to go anywhere. Yeah. You can put their kid in the bouncer <laughs> and you can just do a few, mm -hmm. right? You can, my wife is notorious for holding on to her babies and doing squats and lunges mm -hmm. and right? And then it's a weighted carry. You go yeah. for long walks, things yep. like that. That's a rock. <laughs> it all builds up for mm -hmm. sure. And uh, for parents out there that are stuck, that are trying to get back into fitness, just do something, mm -hmm. something. It doesn't matter what. Mm -hmm. And this comes back to my whole ethos with like, you don't need a program. You don't need the perfect program. You don't need the right shoes. You don't need the right fitness tracker watch. You just need to do something. And it all matters and it all builds up long-term. I don't care if you were a collegiate athlete and then you had a child and now you feel like you quote unquote, let yourself go, right? You don't need to get back to doing collegiate athlete type training mm -hmm. to get fit again. Mm -hmm. You just need to do like some pushups uh, with your hands on a chair. If you can't do pushups from the floor anymore, put your hands on a chair and do a bunch of pushups, right? Yeah. And then eventually, you know, the cool thing about that is obviously I'm in the fitness industry. So my kid's been around it forever, mm -hmm. but she, uh, she works out twice a day in her room now. <laughs> we caught her like she had her feet underneath the edge of her bed doing sit-ups she's doing push-ups oh she's got a jump rope in her room <laughs> yeah she's running a spartan race this summer for the kids oh that's yeah. awesome you got to do that for your kids your mm. kids aren't going to adopt that kind of lifestyle mm. on their own they're going to do whatever you do yeah monkey see monkey do for sure <laughs> yeah so you are a man of faith how has that played into your fitness and professional life it's interesting because my, my fitness and professional life started before my faith, mm. well before. So I was baptized about four years ago here in Colorado at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Okay. And I had always been jealous of a faith-based life. Mm. Um, I was not raised religious. I was not raised with a faith. Mm. Uh, my father was raised in Catholic school. Mm. Uh, he was beaten by nuns and did not raise us that way. Mm -hmm. I love my father. He'll say that he raised us to view all religions, but clearly the way that he was raised was his biases were evident mm -hmm. and they became mine also. Mm -hmm. And that's probably what I needed in life though, because mm -hmm. that brought me to a point where I met my wife who has a strong faith mm -hmm. and she never pushed it on me. She did exactly, maybe even unknowingly what we're supposed to do as good Christians. And that's be known by our fruit, be known by our love, be known by who we are and our acceptance, mm -hmm. right? Not go around and quote unquote, Bible thump. Mm -hmm. It's just be a good Christian. And she was that to me. Mm -hmm. And I always knew that she had a strong faith and I always wanted to be there. I was always drawn to, I'm a metalhead, right? I love super heavy <laughs> music also. And I was drawn to bands like Devil Wears Prada and August Burns Red, their, their Christian metal. Mm -hmm. And I loved the, the, the emotion that they had in there too. Mm -hmm. And I always looked at families that had kids and, you know, it's like, it seemed simpler. It's like, well, you could just be happy all the time because you have great faith. And but I, I could never get there until we moved here. And I had been, I'll say like the guy in upstate New York. It was a small town and everybody knew me for being a strength coach, running these programs. And we moved here in a camper and nobody knew me. And that sense of identity was no longer mine. And they'll say that he'll bring you all the way down to nothing mm -hmm. before you can find him. Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes we need to do that. Yeah. And I knew that Brittany wanted to go back to church and we had met some friends. She's a photographer and uh, her friend, Laura is a photographer. Laura's husband, Billy leads worship at RMC and we met them and we got along really well. Billy's got tattoos. He's in metal, all that stuff too. <laughs> and I was like, let's go to church. I brought it up to her and we went and it just clicked hmm. all of a sudden. It was like this, I, I can't even describe, you can't describe miracles. You can't describe things that are holy of that nature. And it just clicked all of a sudden. And I got baptized that summer and my whole world changed. 
basically there's my testimony. Yeah. And what that did for me was you always want to see that in others, mm. right? I can't go out there and consciously minister to other people and say, you should do this. You should believe you should, mm. because that's not how I got there. Mm. I was just led there by people in my life that loved me that were good Christians, mm. right? They had a strong faith and a great relationship with Jesus. Mm. And then that slowly softened my heart. So I can publicly be that person with a strong faith and mm-hmm. live and walk with God mm-hmm. and then run these fitness programs and show people how much I care for them in their life. And with working with teens, there's a great saying that says, nobody cares how much you know till they know mm-hmm. how much you care. Yep. And that has to be forefront. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So is that kind of where you started to come up with that idea for the Sons of Adam? I'd love to hear just a little yeah. bit about how that came about. Absolutely. Yep. Um, just my passion for teens and working with them, kind of like I was telling you when I ran that program, mm-hmm. it got me into schools. Mm-hmm. And then I started to see the kids at this high school that I worked with in New York that didn't have a whole lot. And then I started to become more of a big brother to them. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I cared enough, I, I would drive around on their breaks and pick them all up from around the city and bring them to the gym to train because the weight room was closed. And I'm still in contact with a bunch. One of them asked me for another program the other day. He's probably in his early 20s. I still just stay in contact with these kids. And uh, when I came out here, I got a job with Palmer High School as strength coach. And it was similar demographic. You know, you start to realize that maybe these kids have a chip on their shoulder. Some of them don't come from a whole lot. Mm. And those are the kids that I have a passion to work for because I want them to know that I'm not their good old boy football coach who might be 50-something they have a hard time relating to. Like, I've got gauges in my ears and tattoos. I didn't live my life the best way. Right. But I still got to where I am. Mm -hmm. And then just to kind of be a mentor for them rather than getting back into a school, I wanted to do it my way. Mm -hmm. Right. To have those conversations with them. Mm -hmm. And I've been on the verge of opening a gym for four years, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, It's been a lot of iterations. And now is the time now that we moved back here. um, I've got the full support of my wife and it's it's right on the horizon. So I started the nonprofit because when I ran a program for high schoolers out of a CrossFit gym, they were still getting charged full price to come, $100, $150 a month, mm-hmm. which is great. You're still going to get kids that need that, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get all the kids. Mm-hmm. So to run it as a nonprofit that's funded and fueled by my for-profit gym for adults, then I can bring kids in on a, on a scholarship basis and mm. not charge them to come in. And I can, big picture, I see myself having a bigger facility than when I'm going to start. I see this 12-passenger van going out to pick them up from different spots, bringing them to the gym. They can hang out. We can feed them. They can do homework. They can just chill. They can work out. It's like a mentorship program. Yeah, super but, cool. Yeah. You're opening a gym. Mm-hmm. Super awesome. Tell me a little bit about that. What's going on? When it, When is this place going to open? Where yeah. are we at? Thanks. I'm super excited. Like I said, it's been on the verge for well over four years now. Um, I'm so opinionated about fitness that I have a hard <laughs> time really feeling fulfilled working for someone else. Mm. Even when in New York, I worked for, he's a great friend of mine, amazing business, great Mm -hmm. mentor, and a lot of fulfillment working for him, but his business model is not my business model, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's a hard thing when you've got an entrepreneurial mindset, it's it's hard to work for somebody else, Mm -hmm. right? I just want to do things my way. Mm -hmm. So all the programming that I've put out there, um, I've got tons of programs, I've got tons of online clients, people follow, and they they know what I'm about. It's basics Mm -hmm. of strength. My gym, I'll paint you kind of a picture. It'll yeah. start off small, but squat racks, platforms to deadlift on. So barbells, steel plates. We don't need bumper plates. We're not doing CrossFit. We're not doing toes to bar. We're not doing muscle ups. It's you'll come in. It's still going to be a class group 
style training, but we're going to walk through a basic warm up. We're going to hit our lift of the day, whether it's squat, press, deadlift, bench, whatever it is. Um, you're going to get hands-on coaching from me. I've been doing this for 20 years and it's my absolute passion to fix the way people lift mm-hmm. and to make sure they're going to get stronger and not get hurt. So they can do this long term. And then we're going to mix in accessories, bodybuilding style accessories with dumbbells. And then our conditioning is all going to be sandbags, tires, just basic stuff, outdoor space, some turfs, some sleds, hitting a tire with a sledgehammer. Maybe we're all going to throw on vests and go for a ruck together, tons of events. Every Saturday or almost every Saturday, I have a plan to do a seminar Hmm. free for all members or like 10 or 15 bucks for somebody out of the community. On Instagram, you can find anybody that does something really, really well. Powerlifting, strongman, bodybuilding. Sure. But where do we bridge that gap, right? From somebody, if they don't know how to do it, they want to learn. They're not just going to go to like this powerlifting gym or this bodybuilding gym and be like, hey, teach me how to whatever, right? I'm going to be that gap that shows people, hey, here's how to do it correctly. Here's how to do it forever. And then I'm going to teach them on the weekends at these seminars. Mm. It's going to be a, how to use kettlebells, how to use sandbags, introduction to strongman, introduction to powerlifting, and all these things, just to kind of like serve the community mm. and all the people that maybe are afraid to leave their house and go to these gyms because mm. they don't know what to do or they're intimidated. These seminars on Saturdays are going to kind of bridge that gap for them. Yeah, that's so awesome. I love your community-focused model, and I think a lot of gyms don't have that unfortunately, but I think you're, it's so right that like the access is a huge issue, especially for kids a lot of times, especially if they have siblings and every single sport's expensive and Mm -hmm. it's expensive to live in Colorado Springs. Like we have a lack of access, I think for a lot of people to get into something like that without having to spend an enormous amount of money. And a lot of them are sports-based Mm-hmm. They're speed and agility camps. They're yeah, sports performance camps. Mm-hmm. Mine's not. Mm-hmm. It's not like, sure, if you do play football, you're going to get stronger and probably be a better football player by doing mm-hmm. what I do with you. Mm-hmm. But that's not why we do it. Mm-hmm. We do it because I want to teach you something that you're going to carry on after high school football. Because yeah. you'll still lift when you go to college. You'll still lift after college and you'll still have a lifetime of fitness and teach those things like, here's the right way to eat. Here's the right way to lift and not get hurt. Here's the right way to. You know, and this way you've got these tools to carry on with you rather than just like, hey, let's get your 40 yard time down. Yeah. You know, your five cone drill or whatever it is. Yeah. So Sons of Adam is going to be teenagers mm-hmm. and then mostly men at yep. this point. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Team boys. Awesome. I can relate to team boys. I've only yeah. ever been a team boy. Well, we right? <laughs> we need, I mean, I've, you might have heard on my earlier podcast, I've interviewed Sarah, a social worker. She's always harping mm-hmm. on men for not being out there enough to volunteer or do programs like this. Cause I think we do have a men crisis going on in our society right now where a lot of men just don't, a lot of kids don't have fathers around and sure. they need a good positive male role model. Mm-hmm. So that's super awesome that you're doing that. Thank you. When is your gym opening? Within a few months here. Okay. So summer 2023. Okay. Right. So we're basically, I'm in the process of, I've got the equipment lined up. I'm going to meet with a guy this week to uh, kind of solidify what I'm going to put in there. Uh, I've got a meeting this afternoon to go ahead and solidify the space. Um, If anybody wants to kind of keep up on the process, I'm being completely open with the entire process of opening the gym. I don't want to just spring up out of nowhere and say, here's a gym. Instead, I want people to see the process of, I've got a space. Here's the build out. Here's the stuff. Here's the struggles, all of it. And I'm documenting all of it on my Instagram, which is bare, like the animal, bare bones strength. Um, so I'll keep up on that. I'm doing like little videos of myself and kind of letting people know what meetings I have, 
timelines. I'll probably start pre-sale memberships by, I would say, in the month of May here. And then probably look to July at the very latest August open the doors. Cool. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be so awesome. Thanks. I think you're going to serve so many people in the community. And and again, just both in your how open you are to the community and wanting to introduce fitness at a – a lower barrier, you know, and trying to take that intimidation piece away, mm-hmm. I think is so important for people to know that it's accessible. It's for them. They can start, you know, where they're at. They don't need fancy equipment or fancy program. They just mm-hmm. need to walk in the door. Sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, where else can people find your services or is there sons of Adam website? Can people donate mm-hmm. or volunteer? Absolutely. There's a sons of Adam where they can find and donate, um, for anything. And they can find information on that through that website. It's also linked through my main website, barebonesstrength.com, all of which can be accessed through my Instagram, which is under the same name, barebones strength. Instagram for sons of Adam is sons of Adam COS. Um, there is also uh, Facebook pages for both. Um, there's a YouTube channel for Barebone Strength. Um, there's also a Barebones Radio podcast out there as well, where I detail a lot of this too. Yeah, Ryan is just a wealth of information. So many awesome resources that you have out there for free for people to like download, download and and read. And so definitely go check him out. I'll put all of this in the show notes so you guys can have easy access to it. But thank you, Ryan, so much for coming over today. I just love hearing about who you are and your fitness and your journey. And you're just helping so many people out in our, our community. So thanks so much. It's uh, I'm I'm blessed to be given the desire to do this and the tools to do it with the support. Awesome. We'll see you in the next episode, friends. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to like and subscribe and we'll see you in the next episode.